All right, uh, we are bringing back the top 25 voter pod is what we call it. Uh, talking college basketball uh, with me is my fellow top 25 voter, John Warner. Johnny, you doing all right? Doing great, man. Thank you. Yep. We had a, you had quite the game uh, last night as we uh, record the podcast between Baylor and TCU. <laughs> and in that game, Baylor fell to 0-2. Uh, it was a wild game. Fell to 0-2 uh, in the Big 12 with that 88-87 loss. And on Saturday, Baylor gets uh, Kansas State and longtime uh, former Baylor assistant coach, Jerome Tang. Um, the Wildcats are playing great. They're 13-1, 2-0 in the Big 12. Coach Tang, uh, I'm sure they're loving him up there. They're not drinking the Kool-Aid in Lawrence. They're drinking the Tang. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of pressures on Baylor? I mean, you know, this feels kind of like a must win. Yeah, I think it's become that. And, uh, to me, this is like a game where Coach Tang and uh, K-State has everything to gain. Scott, Drew, and Baylor's kind of, uh, you know, yeah, that, this is almost like a desperation game where they're at right now. And uh, K-State's playing really great basketball. It was hard to tell at the start of the year just how good they were because, you know, their non-conference schedule really wasn't that good, but they were winning. And uh, but boy, they've really proven it so far. They beat West Virginia at home uh, overtime to start Big 12. And then <laughs> they went on the road and, and beat Texas 116 to 103. And really, I think that's what's really gotten everybody's attention is to go on the road and, and beat a really good Texas team ranked number six. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jerome, he's done it like with like a lot of the coaches do now with transfers. He's brought in some really good ones. Uh, you know, now Marquise now was there last year, but he had already played at uh, Arkansas Little Rock. Uh, Keontae Johnson, uh, really good forward for them. Um, he's a transfer from Florida. Uh, Naquan Tomlin, he's a JUCO transfer. Cam. Carter, Mississippi State transfer. So they've got a whole bunch, but I think the most impressive thing is the way Jerome has brought them together and, and developed a, a chemistry so quickly. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it should be just a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, a lot of emotion, I'm sure, uh, with Coach Drew and Coach Tang. Uh, you know, I think um, much like – um, Dave Aranda and Joey McGuire. If you look at, uh, you know, uh, another sport like volleyball and Ryan McGuire had a guy, Jason Williams on his staff who went up to TCU and did a great job uh, at TCU this year as a first year head coach. Um, I think much like Joey McGuire, much like Jason Williams, in those other sports, I think Jerome Tang was a head coach in waiting, you know, exactly. I mean, I think, I think he was just a guy waiting for a job basically. And, and I think K-State is a good fit. He knows the big 12 um, and he's just so personable. And I think players like him, you know, so that that's a, a good fit, you know, to me. And 
Um, just like Joey really fits in Lubbock, I think, I think, you know, how can the folks in Manhattan not like Coach Tang? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like you said, a great personality, a, a real, you know, I, I can imagine recruits just love him. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he, uh, he really waited his time. I mean, he'd been with Scott for 20 years. He had other job offers, just waited for the right one to come along. And looks like he made the right choice. No doubt. So Baylor's biggest issues in this 0-2 start to the Big 12 have been transition defense. Now, granted, TCU is a pretty incredible fast break team. They're going to put pressure on anybody. Yeah. But transition defense and then, um, you know, very erratic three-point shooting. So how do they solve these issues? Well, <laughs> Uh, transition defense is, is something they can I, – I just just think they've just been a little lax in playing defense. They're not getting back like they're supposed to. seems like they have communication issues. A lot of times guys just aren't guarding the right guys. Their uh, help defense has just been terrible. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, a guy drives past one guy, there's nobody back there to help. So uh, uh, Scott – called Baylor's transition defense last night atrocious. Mm. I've never heard him use that term before. Wow. <laughs> you know? But and three-point shooting, I, I think there's uh they've got, obviously got great shooting guards and uh but I think they rely a little too much on it. Like last night first half they were 9 of 13 from 3, you know, looked really good, had a 10-point lead. Second half they were 2 of 11. So, you know, that three-point shooting comes and goes. I think they need to try to work the ball inside a little more, try to, you know, maybe set up some screens or something to get some, you know, some closer shots. Uh, and they've, they've got good passers. I mean, Flagler's a really good passer. Keontae George has a, a, a incredible court awareness. He, he's a good passer. So they got guys. I, I think they just probably, you know, maybe need to move the ball around a little a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, the transition defense thing, I, I think you hit on it. Defense is not not like, not that there's not technique to it. Obviously, mm -hmm. there is technique to defense and and knowing, you know, having knowledge and, and communicating, all of those things. But defense is a lot about effort. Mm. And um, honestly, to me, you should never get beat in transition after a make exactly uh, you know after a make you should never get beat you have time i mean it takes them two to three seconds to get the ball in bounds so you should be you know getting back and um you know and there were times baylor even got beat on a make i mean but again i was really really impressed with TCU's relentlessness of just how fast they get it up the court, including on makes. Um, as far as that three-point deal, um, you know, I'm not sure they just have uh, a lights-out, really consistent shooter. I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know. But I think you hit on it. It's such a big part of the game today, and I think that um, – everyone falls in love with it a little too much sometimes mm -hmm. when um, sometimes you just, you know, especially if your shot's not going, you need to put it on the floor, take it to the rim, 
Um, you know, I, I will say to Baylor's credit, last night, last night felt like a game they should have lost, should have won. Right. Um, they they pretty much had it won most of the game, and then TCU really just stole it in the end with uh a great shot from the corner mm-hmm. and a freaking excellent block shot. I mean, you yeah. know, I, I but I thought Baylor's execution in getting that shot off uh was really good. Um first you have to make a a strong pass to get it into the front court to call mm-hmm. that timeout. They did that. And then you know when when they're setting up for the final play and they've got four seconds left. I'm like, why do they have Keontae George throwing the inbounds pass? You know, that's the guy you want taking the shot. Well, you know, to their credit, they obviously went right back to George and he came around uh, whoever he threw the ball into. I can't remember, but uh, he came around him and has a full head of steam going mm-hmm. to the basket. I mean, what more could you want, really? You just have to give TCU credit for making a great defensive play. I mean, yeah, Cork made a great block on that. And, and you know, they Baylor got it to the hot guy, the guy they wanted. Uh, you're right, though. He he made a great defensive play and, you know, that finished off the win. Yeah, and I'm sure in hindsight, uh, first of all, four seconds is not a lot of time, and you have to, you know, the, the – this guy with the balls always thinking about that too. But in hindsight, I bet uh, Keontae would have loved to go like maybe try a reverse there. Um, that would have been a little harder to block, but also probably a tougher shot. So anyway, um, it's a long season, but obviously Baylor has dug itself a hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the Baylor women. Um they, meanwhile, <laughs> they started out last year 0-2 in the Big 12 and won the Big 12, so maybe that's hope for uh, Scott yeah. Drew's team. But this year, uh, Nikki Collins' team is 2-0 in the Big 12 um, with wins over TCU and Oklahoma. Big road win over a top 25 team the other night. Um, you watched that game on TV, and I'll weigh in on it here in a second, but um, what impressed you? Well, obviously, Sarah Andrews was <laughs> pretty remarkable in that game. No, but, you know, Baylor got off to that great start in the first quarter. And then Oklahoma, you know, they came back. It looked like they were kind of setting themselves up to win at in Norman. But then Baylor just kind of steeled itself uh, again, played some good defense, had some really good possessions, and really just made the plays they had to in the fourth quarter. And I thought, man, on the road – That's pretty impressive, especially early in Big 12, you know, where, you know, some girls hadn't played in the Big 12 before. Uh, You know, they're still probably figuring some things out. But, man, to have that kind of poise in the fourth quarter, I thought was really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, They actually never trailed in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Entire game, you know, wire to wire, start to finish, they they led it. OU made its runs. but Baylor just hung tough and made big shots. And to me, what was most impressive about it was while it was a very impressive performance by the bears, um, it was far from perfect. And Mm -hmm. they had three girls in foul trouble and, uh, 
three of them fouled out actually uh, in mm-hmm. uh, Bella Fontelroy, Dariana Little Page Bugs, and then late in the game, Jaden Owens fouled out as well. And then Caitlin Bickle was also in foul trouble. And so you're having to work through that with some really, as Nikki Collins said after the game, some lineups they hadn't really played a lot of they Erica Porter hasn't played that much and they're and then uh Katarina Ferreira is kind of a swing player for them they had her at the four you know <laughs> I mean uh so they're playing some lineups that they had to get creative with and still won the game um so that was really impressive I get a lot of credit to their defense that's an OU team that was averaging 88 points a game, fourth yeah. in the country. Uh, they held, hold them to, you know, 71, 70, whatever it was. Uh, and then um, you mentioned Sarah Andrews. I, I feel like she's really coming into her own. She's such a great ball handler. Uh, and that ball handling, I feel like, frees up space for her to get her shot off. She had five threes in the game. So, She's their go-to. I mean, with eight, with no Asia Blackwell, with no Dre Edwards, who was another one of their transfers they were hoping to, you know, have this season. Sarah Andrews, this is her team. So uh, she's she's taking the reins, I think. Um, and can they sustain it? Um, I mean, they went fifteen and three in the Big Twelve last year, and if they're do if they do that again, I think they win it. Um, sure. but it's a grind. I mean, I actually think the big 12 is better this year than it was last year. Uh, you got about four or five teams ranked right now. Some other good ones, right. Kind of uh, right there. So they've got another tough game Saturday at Kansas. Who's also two and zero in the big 12 <laughs> and ranked. Um, so back to the poll for a second. Um, there's a good chance that three of the top five teams in the AP poll, um, North Carolina, Kentucky, we're talking about the preseason poll, mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina, Kentucky, and Baylor will not be ranked next week. Um, it's been a topsy-turvy season. What does this kind of say about parity in college basketball? Yeah, I mean, you know, North Carolina had – pretty much everybody back from a team that made the the champ national championship game last year. Kentucky had, has an incredible roster. Baylor's got a good roster. But, man, I mean, you, you just can't really count on sure wins, especially when you get into conference play. I mean, boy, just look at the Big 12. I mean, you, you go on the road – there's, there's, there are no gimmies anymore. And it's, you know, it's pretty been pretty much been like that for a few years for, for at least the, uh, for the big 12. Um, it's, it's such a great league. It usually just comes down to two or three possessions as we saw last night. So, uh, so yeah, you know, when I do that poll every week, uh, you know, I can usually come up with 20 pretty good teams that belong Boy, the next five, I mean, wow, who do you pick? I mean, there's so many candidates. I mean, it, it's it's really hard to pick those last five teams. Uh, in fact, uh, I was the first voter to vote for Kansas State a few weeks ago, and uh, which 
got me a lot of K-State love, I will say. <laughs> I got some really funny comments on Twitter. One was, were you ever a janitor at MIT? <laughs> of course, we've heard a good Will Honey. Yes. You know, well, just really funny comments. Uh, you should have said, how you like them apples, Manhattan? <laughs> <laughs> but uh but you know but i mean k-state is pro- proving to be a good team uh but man it's gosh a parody is amazing and i think a big reason is uh just all the the transfer you know no you don't have to sit out a year anymore uh you can basically build a team in a year or, or you know you know just develop a really good team as i think k-state has proven with all the transfers they've gotten so uh so yeah, it's a it's a it's a much different world than it used to be. Yeah, and I will speak a little to that on the women's side. Um, so, you know, I also vote in the in the women's poll, like you in, do in the men's, and um, you know, I, I feel like parity took longer to to get to women's basketball, but I feel like. Uh, to a large extent, it has arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's still great teams at the top. You know, South Carolina and Stanford are one, two in the poll and have been all season long um, and are looking like, you know, national championship caliber teams. And, you know, you're always going to have some powers up there like that. But um, you've also really had a lot of, uh, emerging teams this year, like Michigan and Kansas and others. Um, and there was a week uh, earlier in the season when I was voting in the women's poll where I want to say something like 15 or 16 of the teams in the top 25 had lost a game that week. Um, and that always creates a lot of upheaval in the poll, but it just shows you that, you know, these teams aren't as unbeatable maybe as they once were in, in the women's game. Mm-hmm. And um, just last night, uh, there were four top 25 games in the uh, in the women's game last night, two of them in the Big 12. Uh, two of the, t- the ranked teams won, two of them lost. I mean, uh, and again, I just think that, um, more of the mid-level teams are, have closed that gap. And there's, there's you know, there's good teams all over the country. And, uh, of course, last year the women's tournament expanded to 68 uh, to match, you know, the men's tournament. I do, for the sake of all that is good and holy, hope that we don't get to this 99 teams or whatever they're talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't – Bigger is not always better, you mm. know. Um, let's let's leave it where it is. But but I will say um, there are a lot of good teams out there, and um, even in a sixty eight field, a sixty eight team field, some some decent teams are going to get left out. You know, um, some teams that could probably win some games in the tournament, and and you know, give some teams some problems. So. That's fun. I like that. You you don't always want to go into a game thinking, you know, uh, some team's going to win by 30 or 40 points. You know, you, you like competition. You like parity. So, yeah, obviously, 
you know, when Kim Mulkey was here and Brittany Griner was here, uh, Baylor had some of those kind of teams where, yeah. you know, uh, the 40 and 0 season comes to mind. They were really, really dominant, but, uh, it's fun when it's, when it's wide open, you know? So, uh, we'll break it down some more all season here on the podcast. We, John and I were talking, we're hoping to maybe even get some, uh, fellow top 25 voters here on the pod to have some special guests. So, We appreciate everyone for tuning in. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yep. Peace out.